the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy today. We have a good show. Some headlines out there that are of note. We'll hit everything I can today, I promise you. Stocks are rising to kick off August. Welcome a new month, August. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is near record highs. The S&P 500 near record highs. NASDAQ is near record highs. We've been hitting record highs for majority of months this year, majority of weeks. It's been a melt up. There's been a period or two where we get a little anxious and go, are we done going up? And then at the end of the week, we start buying again. We're buying on the depths. Interesting headlines over the weekend. We're still talking about the Delta variant of COVID. And we're shaking off concerns that we should be hitting a peak probably as we're going back to school in the next three weeks, four weeks. So what we're learning in the last few months is that reopening an economy is a lot trickier than shutting down an economy. Recovery trend is on track. We continue to see upside for equities in the short term in large part because of the low interest rates. But then we're looking at the low interest rates and we're looking at the Federal Reserve who controls low interest rates. And like, yeah, we're keeping interest rates low. Or do we want to make sure this one sticks? We don't want to raise too quickly and cause a recession because we know that when we raise interest rates, it will slow down an uh, economic tailwind and turn it into a headwind. Cheap money will become more expensive money. Decisions will be made a little bit longer. Decisions will be put off. Decisions that were easily profitable become profitable. Decisions that were profitable become unprofitable. You get the idea on how that can retard our financial growth in the futures tied towards interest rates. So the Senate is finalizing the text of bipartisan infrastructure bill. So there's optimism today. The bill includes $550 billion in new spending over five years. That's on top of previously approved funds of around $450 billion. Jack Dorsey's payment company, Square, is picking up an Australian installment loan provider called Afterpay, which is a big thing, which I don't do yet, but I guess I get why it would be working in an environment where we're going to see foreclosures rise of buy now, enjoy now, pay later, pay in installments. Uh, Apple's made this deal with Goldman Sachs that essentially Apple's a finance company now that if you want to get a new phone, you could pay them $1,300 instead of $1,200 with the new phone. It'll be $1,300 over three months instead of $1,200 over three. I'm using made-up terms there, but installment loan purchasing seems to be a big financial theme right now on Wall Street. So Square's playing into that. Square is a much cooler company than Twitter. Um, 
and you go, come on, Dorsey, do some innovation at Twitter like you're doing at Square. You kind of hope that he wakes up over there and or maybe he resigns and lets someone else do that job instead of two CEO, one CEO for two jobs would be one for each job. Concerns about inflation have plagued the market at times in the last year and caused the Federal Reserve to look for inflation that's not transitory. The word transitory is interesting because I think most of us see that some of the inflation right now is tied towards wages. People want more money if they're going to work with sick or sickly type people that may or may not have COVID. That's a theme. Um, so that's not going to be transitory, is it? Once you give someone $18 an hour for flipping burgers, you can't go back to give them $16 an hour. Well, Junior, I just want to tell you the pandemic's over, so we're going to claw back everything that we gave you. Um, to me, it's like that 20-pound weight gain in college. It, yeah, there was a transition from high school to college where I put on 20 pounds, but it doesn't come off immediately kind of thing. Same thing with some of the inflation fears out there. That's what people like me have at this point. U.S. second quarter GDP accelerated 6.5%, considerably less than the 8.4% economists were expecting last week. So not all the news is glory, glory, sweet. Amazon sank 7.6% on Friday after it reported a quarterly revenue mess, the first quarter without Mr. Moon himself as CEO. He's just now chairman, chairman of the board, Jeff Bezos. Um, I look at that as an opportunity to potentially buy because – Taking a look at the earnings of second quarter 2021, I, I'm sober enough to say these companies are making too much money. I own most of them. I own all of them if you consider the S&P 500 funds that I own, that they're all in there. But that's kind of a diverse index. So how diverse is it when it's market weighted? <clears throat> Their profits are, are crazy. And if you strip them out of our economy, it would show you that our economy is much more frail and anemic. So when those companies do get broken up, of which Joe Biden, president of the United States, has appointed three of his regulators who are very, very anti-tech, anti-big tech, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Because if you break up a monopoly, you tend to have a lot more value created for the shareholders. Charles Barkley's talking crypto. And when Charles Barkley talks, people listen. That's terrible. Thank you. Thank you. There's uh, ter there he is, Mr. Terrible himself. Um, so Tom Brady's into cryptocurrency. Saquon Barkley is into cryptocurrency. Charles Barkley is not into cryptocurrency. Uh, Barkley told it like he sees it when he says, my people do not believe in crypto. I got a call from a couple of financial guys. One of them said, if you ever put it in crypto, you should fire me on the spot. It's interesting because the financial planners of the world kind of have a dilemma on their hands. We see that, and I'm not a financial planner, but financial planners see that some people are making interesting amounts of money. But then again, we're like, I've never actually bought anything with crypto. Like, will it be used to replace the dollar in spending or will it be used to replace gold in trying to store value in inflationary times? We're not quite sure the vein it's going to do it. So... Barclays advisors say cryptocurrencies are volatile and some financial planners say it's the only money you should lose. I know he's not a financial advisor, but Mark Cuban has said put one to five percent in one percent could turn into three or four. And that's significant. 
Uh, five could turn into 10, but if five goes to zero or one goes to zero, it's not going to bankrupt you. I don't think his idea is awful. I don't need crypto for my wealth. So it's, it's very, very tough for me to advise you to do something that I don't do myself. So I kind of steer clear. But I, I do like the Mark Cuban approach of it should be a small amount to give you more diversification. And I don't know which coin you should use. I haven't figured that one out, nor do I really want to. My money and my time is being spent developing other ideas. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit ProvidenceCU.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. One of the more interesting notes from the pandemic that I've started to see in myself is anytime someone's on television now being interviewed, I look at their room for paint color ideas. I don't know if you like the Marie Kodo kind of minimalist thing. I don't know what's going on in your head, but I look at paint and go, that's an interesting color for a background. And it kind of inspires me. It's a little bit weirdo, Rob Black, but it's okay. So the Senate, the infrastructure bill could lift a lot of stocks. $1.2 trillion packages inching closer to the finish line. Passage of the bill faces steep political hurdles. Wall Street analysts are going to raise raise revenue estimates when you throw another 1.2 trillion into the economy, even if it's over a five year period of time. You're still going to say, eh, some of that money is going to go to Union Pacific or Hubble or Jacobs Engineering Group. And Jacobs is a construction company, the lead engineer on several major projects underway. They're doing the $1.2 billion reconstruction of the I-270 corridor in Denver. They're involved in renewable energy projects uh, tied towards data centers in the United States. Hubble manufactures electrical equipment for industrial clients, trying to improve building energy efficiency and power transmission, creating more smart grids. So when you spend $1.2 trillion, there's going to be winners and losers. Well, there's going to be winners. Wall Street will huddle back with their analysts, their Chartered financial analysts with their fancy degrees and their CFPs. Well, not with their CFPs, but their chartered financial analysts. And they'll say, what do we think this company is going to be worth? Well, what's their revenue? We're going to call them two times revenue or three times revenue or four times revenue. And we start adding revenue on top of these companies' future business. You start increasing the value. InSteel has gained 75% this year as a stock. It still trades at a very modest 13 times earnings because it's facing supply constraints and logistics issues. Though an infrastructure bill would benefit... Uh, the company enormously. Union Pacific's up 5% this year. They traded 20 times earnings. It's got a five-year PE average of about 19, so it's on the high end. No, it's on the average end. I'm sorry. But it's starting to creep higher than the average. But you add more revenue, that should push to the more bottom-line earnings down the road. Remember, a choo-choo company, a train company, they could add 10 cars behind the, the conductor, or they could add 100 cars. So if the Biden administration succeeds in getting a multi-trillion dollar infrastructure spending plan through Congress, many companies are going to benefit. 
I personally think the average person should look at ETFs. Um, there's one called the First Trust NASDAQ Clean Edge Smart Grid Infrastructure Index, ticker symbol GRID. Don't ask me to repeat it. If you want me to repeat it, get the podcast. Please. I'm not a secretary. I'm not, I don't have admin time scheduled in my day. But if we're going to make 5G better, we need to, if we're going to make broadband acceptable or useful for all Americans, almost as a guarantee so that our kids have education, even if they're from a distance, right? You got to look at some of the, the cell tower companies like Crown Castle, SBA Communications, American Tower. But again, I would prefer you do it in an ETF like the First Trust Global Wind Energy, the Invesco Sustainable Future, the First Trust NASDAQ Clean Edge Smart Grid Infrastructure Index. But you don't throw $1.2 trillion in an economy and not expect some action. If they were going to be raising the revenues and that tends to push to the bottom line, they might be paying themselves more and that starts creating inflation. But our economy is so bad right now, it's not projecting a lot of inflation. That's where that 10-year treasury comes in and you go, oh, I get it now. But we also have a pent-up economy, so sometimes it's tough to put a finger on all this. Summer travels back. Big time, as of May, we had 95% of the bookings that we typically had all summer in 2019. Now, I don't know if you're affluent or not, but this kind of skews towards the affluent. 60% of respondents to an Amex survey said they'll take another trip this summer. So they're squeezing one in in August. 47% will represent taking more travel than is usual right before the school year starts. A lot of families would be like, well, school's getting ready to start and we want to calm Junior down. So we're going to cut his sugar from 74 cookies a day down to three. And we're going to put him to bed instead of at 4 a.m., we're going to put him to bed at 9 p.m. And we're not going to go on a crazy vacation that will get his hormones and his sleep schedule all messed up right before school. Nope. Out the window. We're we're squeezing in vacations. Where are we going? Tropical destinations, number one. Cities, number two. I want to go to Chicago, the city of lights. Outdoor adventures come in number three. And then surprisingly, family adventures, number four. Believe it or not, I'm not a big family guy. I know you're saying, I understand, Rob. But family reunions are the number one cause of travel this summer. Birthdays and anniversaries come in a very distant um, second and third. Seeing, oh, I'm sorry. Friends is number two. Uh, birthdays and anniversaries is number three and four. But people want to be around families. 22% of all travels tied towards seeing family right now. I'd say good for you, but the economy is opening back up is what I really want to get to. Travel stocks this week are going to reflood earnings. Uh, 28% of the S&P 500 slated to report earnings this week. Uber, Take Two, Square, Eli Lilly, Beyond Meat, General Motors, Alibaba, DraftKings, Booking.com. Variety, a, a whole slew, a veritable slew of reads on different parts of our economy. The travel stocks are going to be part of what I take a look at this week in large part because COVID has been such an anti-travel time. You see a lot of optimism right now. And will it, will it be fruitful? <laughs> will it pay off when the Center for Disease Control and Prevention is tightening mask guidance right now? Do you really want to book a vacation with your loved one where she's wearing a mask instead of wearing something slinky and more comfortable? She's got a mask on!
America's getting a little bit cray cray over masks. I predict more Karen moments on YouTube to be, uh, how shall we say, to entertain us all. So summer travel is back. Square is buying Australia's afterpay for $29 billion. That's a big buy. And it's all about buy now, pay later. I wonder if Square and Jack Dorsey said, hey, can we pay you $15 billion now and the other $14 billion later? Because that is kind of what you do. That doesn't reflect a strong economy to me when we're talking about layaway purchases being a thing. That sounds like we're buying what we can't afford. We're taking the experience now of travel and luxury and paying for it later. In Rob Black's world, that is not a good thing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union with 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs. Now, back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm just tightening up my notes for television at this point in time. And, you know, Jungle Cruise pulled in $34 million at the box office. Whoa. An additional $27.6 million in ticket sales internationally. Uh, it had a cr- budget of about $200 million. Only 85% of North American theaters are open right now, with some of them still hitting capacity limit issues. But this is the last movie Disney's releasing to Disney Plus for a $30 fee, because one of the things that they've noticed during the pandemic is that pirating of films went up. When you can watch it in your home for 30 bucks. You can also hit record and send it to all your friends for free. Um, Pirates have access to high-quality versions of the film without sitting in a movie theater with a shaky cam. Um, And next week at the box office, it's expected Jungle Cruise will be kind of a flop in the second week because there's so much pirating going on. So some valuable business lessons are being learned on the value of movie theaters for movie studios. There's a lot going on in that sentence, so please let it play out. Uh, markets started the week near an all-time high. The S&P 500, the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, all are doing nicely. Last week, we had mega tech earnings, which blew out some stocks like Google moved higher. Some stocks like Apple said, you know what, we're kind of fully valued and we're going to take a little bit of a pause but that was very interesting. And we now know that Apple has got $195 billion to go out and buy back shares or buy companies. It's astonishing how much money the big tech companies have in cash. Mergers and acquisitions activity highlighted by Square's $29 billion Ulster purchase, stock purchase of Australian company Afterpay. We like Mondays with mergers and acquisitions. Pfizer said that the FDA could officially approve the vaccine as early as next month. Pfizer also said they're going to be raising the price of the vaccine next year. How does that make you feel? A little cranky, right? You're like, you're taking advantage of the world's. Maybe it wasn't China who made the flu in a Wuhan clinic as a war instrument. Maybe it was not nature, but maybe it was Pfizer. Well, it's not my fault. Um. There's a lot of money involved. 
and we get very nervous when we see a response like Pfizer raising prices. Ten-year Treasury note still sits at 1.21%, driving the TNA. TNA. I know you're saying, I think that means something dirty, Rob. No. Um, there is no alternative. The TINA. Wrong. The TINA trade, not TNA as in T and A. It's T-I-N-A, TINA. I don't think I've ever liked anyone named Tina. And that includes Christina Applegate. She just doesn't work for me. Um, there's Tina Yathers from... Uh, you see, I need to stop this right now because I'm not going to come up with one Tina that I like and then you're going to be like, ah, oh, why such a Tina hater? But there is no alternative trade right now when the 10-year treasury sits at 1.2%. Rob Black has always said, buy stocks when the stock when 10-year treasury is under 3.5%. I can't change that on myself right now. I can't quit my own advice. Series of manufacturing PMI readings out of Asia and Europe that showed continued expansion of manufacturing in July. That's a positive story of note this week. The trillion-dollar bipartisan infrastructure bill could be passed by the Senate later this week. So estimates on revenues will be spiked into this week. When we start seeing, is that being divvied up in phone companies, road companies, automobile, clean energy companies? So I got to experience one of those um, chargers. It's not a Tesla charger this weekend where people are like watching soccer games and charging their car in a park. And you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's going to be a big business, right? There's already some publicly traded charging networks. We are talking about 2025 is running out of solar equipment to make electrical products. So whether they be panels or EV batteries, the industry is going to have to spend an enormous amount on infrastructure to find materials to continue to build at such breakneck speeds. An infrastructure product, an infrastructure bill will only accelerate demand for new product. So there's going to be inflation there. When there's revenue inflation, you can get to acquisition inflation, which could be a very profitable trade if you believe in this is how it's going to play out. Treasury Department could manage its way in the next couple of months to figure out what to do with Congress. There's emergency cash-saving measures and the repayment capability by Congress and raising the debt ceiling. There's the eviction moratorium that's being lifted. What's interesting about the eviction moratorium is that we've already carved out $50 billion to help people not be evicted. During COVID, let's say you were working at a resort, fixing people's fingernails, a nail technician, right? Not like a hammer nail, but like a fingernail technician. And you lost your job, but you also got COVID. And now you're like, I can't get to work. I'm just not strong enough. Like you got the long COVID um, and you owned a home, but the government said you haven't had to pay your mortgage in the last six months, nine months, and you haven't. That's ending now. And states still, they've had the money for months and months and months, and they haven't figured out how to get it to people who don't want to be evicted. That's a bit of a mess we're going to have to figure out in the coming weeks. Big week of earnings. Blended growth rate for the second quarter is about 85.5%. We were expecting earnings about 63.7% two weeks ago, and we've got 85.5% growth. Wow. But that's also Wall Street, under-promise and over-deliver, UPOD. We got Tina. There is no alternative. We got UPOT under promise over deliver. 
Wall Street doesn't like it when you overpromise and underdeliver. New, 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 new. That was my dating success uh, trick, by the way. Underpromise and overdeliver. I'd be like, I kind of like you. You know, maybe we'll see a movie. And then we're flying to Paris. Fabulous Paris. Um, underpromise, overdeliver. It works on Wall Street, trust me. And it was the only reason a woman ever wanted to go out with me was that I played the game as best I could play the game. I know you're saying, why not just be to your true self? <laughs> that would never work. Who wants to marry a financial robot? Are you crazy? So the stock market buy-on weakness has been heavily influenced by the Federal Reserve's decisions. So we're going to pay a lot of attention to the Federal Reserve in the coming months. And when they start raising rates, which they inevitably will, otherwise it tells you we're in a troubled economy when the 10-year Treasury sits at 1.2%. That's doing a lot of good for the economy, keeping costs low for mortgages and keeping costs low for debt and keeping costs low for uh, borrowing. So I've told everyone that I've had to make a move for my family for a different school. Um, And we're going from the peninsula to Marin. And I got a loan for a home at 2.62%. That's surreal how cheap money is. Like when it went to 3%, I was like, that's surreal. When it was three and a half, that's crazy. My first mortgage was seven and a half and eight and a half percent. And I know you're saying, why not say 7.5%? Well, the first one was 7.5%. I had to get a second mortgage at 8.5% to pay for my down payment, which was one of those stupid things that the financial industry did 20 years ago for people like me who were just starting jobs and careers. Oh, you don't have enough money for a down payment? We'll give you a loan for a down payment. But isn't the whole idea that I got some skin in the game? Well, yeah, but you're paying more for this loan. If that doesn't sound like it could lead to problems, I don't know what does. A mess. It's a mess. Thank you, Donald. <laughs> He's still on staff for me. He doesn't say much. He just says it's a mess, but I like I the won. way he says it. I won. Yeah, he also says that. So <laughs> I bet on the Mexico US game last night. And Donald, what happened? I won. <laughs> yes, I won. that's right. That's right. You guys won one nothing. <laughs> and, I know what's good and bad. I think I got a free dinner out of it. Um, so first of the month, this is also another thing that's happening, August 2nd. This is when your payroll company starts sending money in for your 401k. So, and there's a natural thing that happens where more and more Americans are using their 401k, so more and more Americans are buying stocks on a regular basis. That's one of the reasons I'm bullish. Not the only reason I'm bullish, but it's one of many is that we really don't have a good social security system or a good retirement system in place in America. So I believe more and more Americans will have to take, continue to take advantage of 401ks and keep the money in longer. So infrastructure optimism is the phrase that pays today. But economic reality, the 10-year treasury sits at 1.2%, and that's not good. We're above 1%, which is way better than we were during the, the worst of the pandemic when we're down at 60 basis points. But that cost of money is too low. It's very, very, very tough out there, economically speaking, or fragile is the thought. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. If you need a referral to a financial planner, let me know at rob at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. 
Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Second busiest week of earnings season is going to see companies across a host of industries report earnings this week. So far, earnings have not been a problem, coming in much higher than expected. Today, we see a little mergers and acquisition news with Square buying Australia's Afterpay, which lets you buy now and pay later, a trend I'm not a big fan of because you do have to pay later. Otherwise, your credit's going to get dinged and you get pissed and you're going to get sued for having a vacation, not paying for it. One of the more interesting parts of the streaming issues, as we've seen major movie studios struggle with, do we release it in theaters where people may not be able to see it? Do we release it on our streaming platforms like Disney Plus or HBO Max? Um, And the end answer is it's probably going to have to be movie theaters in the long run for any movie with a budget over $100 million because once it's released on a platform, it gets copied a lot faster by pirates. But you also get the people who don't go see a movie like Star Wars a second and third time and a fourth time and a fifth time in the movie theater. Having you that like repeat movie ticket buyer that's taken away when you're able to buy it at home and watch it as often as you want. So a lot going on in the world of Wall Street today. Money investing and more. The infrastructure bill should be approved by the end of the week, I believe. I think we've said that before on one or two big Congress spin tickets in the past that takes a little bit longer. But uh, should that be the last of it? Will that be the area where we're finally like enough is enough? Go do something about crime or go do something about something that doesn't cost us a lot of money. Well, I guess everything costs money, right? So what I'm getting at is that should be the last of the COVID stimulus unless COVID comes roaring back. And Florida is dealing with more cases now than they've ever had, more hospitalizations now than they ever had. So the fourth wave to hit the United States, it may not hit California as hard because we vaccinated at a higher percentage than, say, Florida did. But again, are we at herd immunity? Nope. Do I expect another variant to come sooner than later? Yep. Do I expect to get a booster shot? Unfortunately, I do. But... I would do anything to protect my family and to protect the society, my neighbors. Americans say they need to have $500,000 in savings to feel financially secure. Uh, my number used to be a million. Now it's somewhere between two and four million. So you can kind of see that we're all different. More than a year into the COVID crisis, most people have a clearer picture of what it means to be financially secure. Americans put the number at 516,433 buckaroos. of people in the survey said they would want a million dollars. Again, I'm at two to four million because I'm looking at inflation. Um, Sure, a million dollars today would be great. But if everything costs the same in 20 years, I would be surprised. I expect everything to cost more in 20 years. Um, It was kind of enlightening in Pepsi. Their earnings call was two weeks ago. It was a great call. It was a good call. There was nothing to complain about. And then there was a question the CFO late and they said, so uh, congratulations on a good call, Mr. CFO. Uh, what's your plans for the fall? He's like, well, like typical, we tend to raise our prices after Labor Day, and we expect to do that again this year. When he said that, I was like, woohoo! I don't own Coke or Pepsi directly, but as I've gotten older, I want more conservative things in my portfolio, and I'm considering it for the first time in my life. And when I saw Melinda French Gates 
is sipping on 240,000 shares of Coca-Cola. I was like, well, if it's good enough for Melinda French Gates, that lady knows how to protect her money. That lady knows how to invest her money to keep money coming in. That lady knows how to give money to philanthropy. And when I see that Pepsi raises rate, uh, raises prices every, every uh, uh, fall. So I'm going to, instead of 219 for a bag of Doritos, I'm going to be paying 241. I'm like, whoa, okay. I need some Doritos. It's interesting because you can raise prices to the point where it becomes a tax where people say, nope. But this is like that boa constrictor, very slow, slow squeeze. Gasoline, on the other hand, when it spikes from $40 a barrel to $80 a barrel, we go from $250 a gallon to $450 a gallon. We go, oh, I can't drive anymore because that spike is you know, 60, 70, 80% versus 3 or 4%. It's like the frog. And no, don't do this, please. If you put a frog in a pot of water and you slowly start to boil it, he'll die. Oh, my, my, my. Put him in a pot of boiling water, he'd jump out. In theory. But I'd put the lid on and the frog would die too. And now you're starting to say, you're a psychopath. You hate frogs. No, 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 no. I don't hate frogs. Don't do this at home, please. But that's inflation too. Three percent, four percent from Pepsi. We don't even notice. The next thing we're noticing, we're paying four dollars for a soda. That's the thing that shocks me too. I think it shocked my father when we didn't get soda as kids unless we went to restaurants. And I think he used to see like twenty-five cents become fifty cents for a soda, fifty cents become a dollar, and then he died. Now, if you go to a restaurant, a soda's like four bucks. You're like, whoa! I'll have water, please. And they look at you like, you are cheap. You know I make money off you making money, giving me money. You are cheap. Start charging for water is my thought, right? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. What is the number that you need to save for retirement? Is it 500000 Is it a million? Or is it, in my world, two to four million based on inflation? We're all different on how we want to spend our retirement years. I say have a financial plan to get there. Once you've created enough wealth, like 500000 you should hire a financial planner to make sure you have a five-year plan on how, how do we manage this to last as long as it can until I die. That's the, the, maybe the best idea, right? Or maybe leave some to your children or heirs or have some leftover just in case you live a little bit longer your health goes bad and it's expensive find me online at rob black show twitter rob black show youtube rob black show don't forget if you need a referral to financial planner drop me an email rob at rob black show.com